0: Hey, everybody, thank you for joining me today. Got a good topic. I'm glad you're with me as we wrap up our series entitled Everyday Sermons. And what do we see in this series of messages called Everyday Sermons? Well, we learn that God speaks to us through the world around us, He's always speaking. You know why? He wants your attention. He does. What he has to say is so important. He wants the attention of all people. And we noted that he speaks to us through the day, all day long. Morning, noontime, nighttime, we saw all that. He speaks to us through the seasons, each season representing a stage of life. We noted that he speaks to us through the animals. What? Yeah. There are certain animals that have a sermon. And if we pay attention, We might hear it. I like this one. He speaks to us through the insects, and we talked about that. Oh, yeah. There are insects that have something to say. What we're saying is God speaks to us through nature. The world around us is a classroom. We noted that He speaks to us through our journeys as we journey through life. The rocky path tells us it warns us slow down, be careful, you might trip up. He speaks to us through the mountains and the hills. And what does he say? Well, the mountains and the hills have a sermon. And you know what they say? God is everlasting. Just like they've been everlasting, they've been there. They've been there for a long time, and so is God. God is not going anywhere. You know that? He'll always be there for you. We know that he speaks to us through the oceans and the seas. And what's the message of the ocean? Well, the ocean stands for judgment. And in in the new world, you know when God creates the new heaven and the new earth, there's no ocean. There's no sea, signifying that there's no judgment. Think about it. When we get into eternity, there is never going to be judgment again. And the beautiful skies above, oh, especially the night sky, it's a picture of God's loving kindness surrounding us and reminding us that He is there. Every star is a precious thought toward you. Today we wrap up our lesson seeing that God speaks to us through our work. Every person in their vocation has a sermon preached to them. Let me ask you, have you heard it? Are you listening? Because it's there. The farmer, you know, the great thing about farming, the farmer is blessed being surrounded by nature. As we've seen already in the series, nature is a beautiful thing, and it carries the wisdom of God. But on the farm, God tells him things grow. Things change. Beauty comes, and then it fades. So, you know what the farmer has to have? Faith. He's not in control of the crops growing. He can only do his part, but it's God that gives the increase. The farmer has to have faith. In all of these sermons, things grow, things change, beauty comes and beauty goes. They're all given to the farmer from tilling the soil to celebrating the harvest. There are some occupations, you know what? They don't have the luxury of hearing and seeing nature's sermons. You know, there was a time recently, it seems like the last couple of decades, when the parents were getting older, the kids didn't want to take over the farm, and they sold them, and they started building houses. But now it seems like people are getting back to farming. Why? Because it's such a rat race out there. Is nothing like farming. And what a noble task to feed the world. So the next vocation I want us to see is the baker. The baker, he takes the grain the farmer grew and he turns it into bread. He does a good thing by feeding the people. But if the baker is an ungodly man, does not God tell him to tremble as he looks into the furnace of fire? He feels the heat and watches the merciless flames. Oh, surely God has a sermon for him. And what's the sermon? Repent and believe, for a fire waits for you from which there is no escape. You know, in the book of Job, chapter 15, Job tells us in verse 34, For the company of the godless is barren, and fire consumes the tents. Of the corrupt. That's what waits for the unbeliever. Barrenness, fire, the heat of the furnace. Psalm 11 says, upon the wicked God will rain snares. Fire and brimstone and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. I'm like, wow. That's a sermon. Every baker (laughs) is being won by God. Do you have the Lord? Do you have Jesus? Look into that oven. You want to be in there? And you go find Jesus. What does God have to say to the butcher? Think about it. The lamb innocently follows the one who will terminate him. And the bulls unconsciously march to the slaughter. They don't know what waits for them. They follow, but they don't know where they're going. They walk in formation They know nothing of their doom. And yet, you know what? The beast is smarter than the man. You know why? Because the beast goes unknowingly. But the man, he goes knowingly. See, the man has been warned. Jesus warned him. In Matthew 7, 13, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide. And the way is broad. That leads where? To destruction. And there are many who enter through it. The gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. What a sad commentary, isn't it? So mankind goes willingly, knowingly. You say, well, he didn't read that scripture. Hey think that bothers God? God gave the Bible for the whole world. You think that bothers him? He said, I gave you the Bible. I gave you bread for life. I gave you food for the soul. I gave you instruction. You didn't take it. Wide is the gate. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And most people, they're going that way, going knowingly and willingly. See, man has been pleaded with by God. We go all the way back to the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 1. God is speaking through the prophet, and he said in verse 18, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are a scarlet, yeah, they are. In other words, they're pretty deep. They'll be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. What is God saying? Come and sit down and reason with me. I can make you clean. I can wash you. He's pleading with the people of Israel. He even begs us to change our ways. We get to the New Testament in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul said in verse 20, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We beg you, Paul knows. Paul had a vision of eternity, and you know what he saw. I don't know. You know why God said, "Don't tell anybody." <laughs> Imagine going to heaven and God says, "Now don't tell anybody," and he said God wouldn't let me. He forbid me to write down what I saw. And yet we have people that say they died and went to heaven. They write books and make movies. Go figure. <laughs> That's always a humi- That's always humored me. Okay, But Paul said, I've been there. So Paul knows. That's why Paul can beg people. We beg you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. But the furnace waits for you. Jesus himself said to Israel, How often I wanted to gather your children together, just as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. And you would not have it. The hen, hen, she calls all the little chicks, come unto me. Come here, little chickies, little babies. Get warm, get protected. Come here to mama. And Jesus is saying, I tried to gather the people of Israel like that hen, but they wouldn't have it. They wouldn't come. Wow. God calls and people refuse. Isn't that the mystery of iniquity? Why is it God calls and people don't answer? That's a mystery, isn't it? The stone worker has a message right in his lap. You know what the message is? Every time you smite the brick, is it not a picture of God showing you the hardness of your heart? You know, when you think of the stone that the stonemason is working with, it's not pliable, and it's not manageable like putty or clay is very resistant and it speaks of the unregenerate heart. The heart that is unregenerate is a hard heart hard like a, like the rock of Gibraltar. Nothing gets in. and Paul said in Ephesians 4:18 that some people being darkened in their understanding, you know what? they were excluded from the life of God. Wow, they're dead to God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them. and what wh- why is there ignorance in them? Because of the hardness of their heart. You see, a hard heart will not move. It can't be moved. It's not pliable. It's hard like a rock. And therefore the heart keeps the person ignorant of the wonderful things of God. What can break through? Only the Holy Spirit. But I also believe, yes, the Holy Spirit can break through, but there must be some, a glimmer of willingness. There's got to be a glimmer of willingness on the part of the individual. And God will respond. If we rewind back to the Old Testament, to the prophet Ezekiel, God is saying, and I will take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. What does that mean? He's going to soften their heart. You know, the people that are nice to be around, people with soft hearts. They're sensitive. They're kind. They speak well of others. Maybe it's because of their own being wounded. But whatever it takes is always a benefit to having a soft heart. But a hard heart, there's no benefit. A hard heart without God's life, without understanding? What kind of life does someone think they can have in this condition? What kind of life can a person have whose heart is hard and they can't receive the, the wonderful wisdom of God, which gives security, affirmation, exhortation, edification, you name it. That's what comes from knowing God. There's another vocation. It seems like a lot of these sermons in these vocations, they're kind of more like warnings than we had in the other types of sermons. But the businessman, the businessman who uses scales, graphs, and charts, God would say to him, Do you see yourself standing before Him who has the scales for your life? Hmm. How you make your money matters to God. Does the businessman see the kind of business he's conducting with God? In Proverbs 16, verse 11, it says, A just balance and scales belong to the Lord. All the weights of the bag are his concern. So God is into what? Honesty, fairness. So God asks the question in Micah chapter 6, can I justify wicked scales and a bag of deceptive weights? I think we know the answer to that. So can you picture God Almighty standing there with his scales to measure your life? Mr. Businessman, The way you conduct business with people. Can you see God, how he's going to conduct business with you? The doctor. The doctor prescribes medicine for the sickness of others. But can he see his own sickness from sin? Can he? Can he see the spiritual malady that saturates his body? I go to my optometrist And you look at the eye, and the eye is a miracle of God. It's phenomenal, the way it works. And I say to my eye doctor, how can you not believe in God? Look at the eye. Your own vocation tells you that eye has to be divinely designed. How can you not believe? And the response I get is, I'm a scientist. I have to have facts. I have to see it. I don't, I can't have faith. I have to see it. And I said, there it is. (laughs) It's right in front of you. That's the fit. That's the facts. But Satan blinds the mind of the unbeliever. No doubt about it. I'm like, how can a doc, how, how is not every doctor born again? When you look at the human body, How does the doctor not say, wow, this is a creation of God? The nerves, the joints, the muscles, the cells, everything works perfectly together until disease sets in. How can a doctor not be born again? How about the the garment maker, the person that makes clothes? She she makes clothes up for others, but, oh, can she see her own nakedness before God? Can she see where she stands before the Lord? Does she have a robe of righteousness? That's the only robe that'll get you into heaven, the robe of righteousness. Nothing else will do. Not a robe of works. Not no robe at all. It's got to be a special robe a robe that Jesus provides at the moment of faith in him. The builder is a sermon for the builder. He erects a huge house for a family. But what is he building for himself in eternity? What is he building? Is he building himself a place, a residence, that he can dwell with God? Or is he just concerned with the residences on the earth and has no concern for the residents in eternity. That's a mistake. That's a big mistake. He needs to talk to the baker and look at that oven and say, Ooh, ovens for bread, not for people. But that's where you'll be if you don't eat the bread of life. The jeweler polishes gems for his customers. But will you have any given to you at the judgment seat of Christ? Jeweler, Mr. Jeweler, will God reward you with gold and silver and precious gems because of your faithfulness on the earth? Every vocation has a sermon. Every vocation has something to say. Will the fisherman just have fish to show for his life's work? Or will there be souls in heaven? Remember what Jesus said to the disciples? Follow me. I'll make it fishes of men. That's what disciples are, right? Disciples are those that fish for the souls of men. And they bring them into the net, and they give that net to God. And they're forever saved. Will the fishermen have any souls to present to God? Or is it just fish? See, this list, it could go on and on and on. The teacher teaches. But what are you learning? Are you learning about eternal things, about the things that really matter, about the important things? Are you learning about them? The athlete exercises, but does he exercise his spiritual gifts in order to serve others? Paul said, a little exercise benefits. Yes, we should all exercise, but godliness has great gain. It's the exercise of the soul that is so important. Are you exercising your soul? Is your soul getting good nourishment? Like the athlete needs to have good nourishment. Does the soul get good nourishment? The athlete has to train. To, is your soul being trained? The athlete has to have muscle. Does your soul have muscles of faith? Are they growing? Are they getting stronger? Everyone that has ever received a paycheck has had a sermon preached to them. When you have fulfilled your week of labor, you receive the wage for your efforts, right? Yes. Can you hear the Lord speaking to you in Romans 6.23? For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Yes, everybody that receives wages you're to realize, without Christ, your wages will be death. And the word death, thanatos, it means separation. That's why separation from God in eternity is called the second death. The first death, we die physically, separated from the body. The second death, separated from God. That's death, separation. And it's for all of eternity. Paul said, now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Okay? So, again, you reap what you sow. You get what you give, what you put into it. You'll get back. Think about it. What do you want out of life? Well, what do you put into it? You put in a little, you get out a little. You put in a lot, you get out a lot. It's like anything. If you want to get a lot of money out of the bank, you got to put a lot of money into the bank. If you want to have a lot of food to make a big meal, you got to put a lot of food into the cupboards so the food will be there. If you want to get a lot out of life, you got to put something into life. You've got to apply yourself into life. You've got to raise yourself up, become something. Make your life worthwhile. God has already given you value. All you have to do now is live in what God has done for you. At the end of the Bible, Jesus said, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Phew! How quickly? Pretty quickly. And my reward is with me, to render to every man according to what he has done. So the question... What will be your reward? What did you sell yourself out for while you were on the earth? What did you live for? What did you work for? What bought you? What took your affections? What took your love? What took your time, your energy, your money? What did you invest yourself in? Jesus said, I'm coming quickly, and I will render to everyone. Everyone, according to his deeds. Think about it. You can have a wonderful rendering. You want to have a wonderful rendering? You make your life count. You look at your job, and you get the sermon from your vocation. Whatever you do, every vocation has a sermon. Whatever you get from the Lord, that's what you are going to have forever. That's it. That's it. So the question is, can you hear him today? Can you hear the sermons? Can you hear the sermon of the baker? The sermon of the banker? The sermon of the stone maker? Stone builder? The sermon of the architect? The sermon of the jeweler? The sermon of the doctor? The sermon of the fisherman? They all have a message. Everyone. What message are you receiving from God? God wants us to hear. He really does. He's not wasting his words. He's got something to say. You know why? Here's why. Because everything about God is eternal. Everything. There's nothing temporary about God. It's all eternal. All of a sudden, that's a game changer. That's a game changer for my life now. Because what I thought was temporal, oh, it's not anymore. Now it's forever. So wherever I end up at the end of my life, it's forever. Whatever I have at the end of my life, it's forever. Whoever I am at the end of my life, it's forever. See, because God is infinite. And because he's infinite, there's nothing temporary about God. Heaven is eternal. Hell is eternal. Our rewards are eternal. Punishment is eternal. The Word of God is eternal. Everything about God is eternal. So that tells me, ooh, I've got to live in that category. I've got to live in the eternal because that's what life is for. That's what life is about. It's about living For the eternal. And every time somebody goes to work, they have a sermon that's reminding them of that. Oh boy, I like this series because you know why? The whole world is a classroom. Just go outside and there's God's pulpit. God's pulpit is preaching every minute of every day. You can hear these messages again at the Hope Club Podcast. That's all you need to type in. The Hope Club Podcast. It's on our website, newhopecc.tv. It's also anywhere podcasts can be found. Okay? But it's good. Re-listen. Oh, you get so much out of it the second time and the third time because we want to hear God's sermons pff, loud and clear. Oh yeah? I don't want to miss a word. I don't want to miss a phrase. I want the whole message and you can get it at the Hope Club podcast. Thanks for coming along today. Don't forget newhoperadio.live. Join the Hope Club and you can also send me an email at newhoperadio7 at gmail.com. Something you want to hear? Topic you want to study? Let me know. Seven at gmail.com.